Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. My name's Elizabeth, and today I want to talk to you about fear. Welcome to this podcast, and welcome to the Separation Club. It's the club you never wanted to be a member of, but it truly is the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. I am a divorced mother of four and a remarried stepmom to three, so we're going to be talking about everything that goes with all of that here on A Blessing in Divorce. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back, and let's dive right in to our conversation around fear. Fear shows up in our lives all the time. And I'm not talking about sort of primal fear, like, you know, some strange species is going to come and attack us or that there is somebody standing at your door with a knife in their hand. And I don't mean to paint a horrible picture, but that's not the fear I'm talking about today. That would be real fear that you are in danger. That's different. I am talking about the kind of fear that we experience all the time in our lives. And it's fear of things like the unknown, fear of what happens if I do this or if I do that, or fear of making the wrong decision, fear of being alone, fear of future finances. This shows up for my clients who are going through separation and divorce all the time. They are afraid of missing their ex if they leave their marriage. Even though their ex has been abusive or unfaithful or treated them terribly, they're still afraid of not or fearful of what reality is without this person. So fear in that context, really all it ever does is stops us. It stops us from moving forward. It stops us from having what we deserve and want in our lives. It stops us from grabbing new opportunities and, you know, really just being our biggest and best selves because fear pulls you backwards. So like, what is fear anyway? The way I see it, it's kind of like the space between what you know and what you had and what's familiar, even if you didn't like it, and what you don't know. And very often that space is between something behind you that you don't really like and something ahead of you that you really want, but you don't know how to get. So we become fearful of leaving the familiar and going towards the unfamiliar and the unknown, even though the familiar is something that wasn't good anymore. So for example, if you're in limbo between like, should I leave my marriage? Or even, you might even be in a situation where you're already separated and, but you find yourself hanging on to the past. You just want to get back, even though you know the marriage wasn't good. You want your ex back. You want to get back to where you were because it felt safer. Well, why did it feel safer? Because it's what you know. It's what you know how to do, even if it didn't feel good. And the reality is that if I say to you, but you'll be so much happier, you will be able to do more, you'll have more freedom, you'll meet new people, you'll have be able to create a beautiful life for yourself, but you don't know how to do any of those things, that feels so scary that you actually choose to be in the unhappy situation because it feels better than going towards something that may be really fantastic, but you don't know how to get there. I know it seems counterintuitive or weird or even like messed up to think like that, but it's really very normal. Let me give you some more scenarios so that this makes more sense. 
the space that I was talking about between what we know and what we don't know and the fear that exists in that space is things like think of the space you're in when you're thinking of leaving a job you hate. Maybe you have a a boss that's bullying you or you don't you really just dislike working with the people that you're working with or just hate the job in general so you're thinking of taking a new job and you might even be looking in the paper and you might even be you know considering a specific job maybe you've even gone for an interview but you're afraid you're afraid that what if you end up hating the new job more or as much or what if you start that new job and get fired and then don't have a job because you're low in seniority what if you're not good enough for that job what if no one there likes you what if you don't like anyone there and so you talk yourself out of it like come on let's let's be honest with ourselves here we've all gone into that space like oh i hate my job i'm gonna go and find a new one i'm gonna do something better for myself and then what if this what if that oh my god oh maybe i'll just stay where i am maybe it's not that bad right? Another one is a fear of moving towards loving someone else. So this, I see this a lot in my community because these women have been really hurt. They have experienced heartbreak at its absolute worst. They've lost someone they love or they've lost a a marriage, a lifestyle, a family, a future that they loved. And now here they are thinking, okay, maybe I can meet someone else. And then they start on a dating site and then they try this and they try that. And maybe they go on some dates and then the fear sets in. What if I get hurt again? How do I ever trust someone again? How do I ever know that this person isn't going to cheat on me? What if everyone's like that? What if it's me? What if there's something wrong with me and nobody can really love me? And what do they do then? They either back off or they build walls and their relationships don't work. And then they just say, see, it doesn't work, so I'm just not going to do it. Or even worse, before they ever get to that place, they end up staying in the unhappy marriage. It is so common that people choose to stay in an unhappy situation in something that is also very stressful perhaps but very you know difficult um, because the stress around the unknown feels bigger we are more comfortable suffering with the familiar than we are to be happy in the unfamiliar familiar so I know that doesn't make much sense but Here's the thing. Our brain will always choose the worst case scenario. That's why um, when Mel Robbins talks about the five second rule, it's to trick your brain to not go there, is to not let it have enough time. So if you're making a big decision, for example, well, she always uses the example of getting out of bed. So maybe you're having a really rotten time in your life and getting out of bed is a real chore because you don't want to go to work and life sucks and whatever. Um, So the thing is the alarm goes off and before you can start thinking about all the reasons not to get out of bed, you you count backwards five, four, three, two, one, and you get up and you go. And the reason that works is because you're tricking your brain. You're not allowing it to jump into fear mode. You're not allowing it to pull you back under your covers. Okay, so you can actually use that philosophy in every area of your life. So what I'm trying to say to you is that your brain its job is to protect you from danger. So when you're thinking of something that you want to do, you might be like, oh my God, I'd love to do that. That sounds like an incredible opportunity. I would love to have a new job. That sounds so amazing. And then you think about it and you go out for lunch and you're like, what if I'm not qualified? What if they don't like me? And now your brain is talking you out of it. 
your brain is convincing you that that's not safe because you feel stress around it and it's like let's just not do that you are comfortable over here so we stop we don't do anything or we go backwards and essentially we're allowing the fear to paralyze us from progress from growth from future experiences wonderful experiences So now that we've established why it's so hard to have the conversations you need to have or to start the habit that's good for you or quit the one that's bad for you or do the things you need to do and stop doing the things you don't want to do. Wow. Okay. So now what do we do, right? Now we understand why we feel this pull, why, why we spend so much time in this space and why we so often retreat, right? Because it's harder for us to step towards the unfamiliar. We would rather have familiar pain and familiar suffering than unfamiliar joy and happiness. Here's the thing. We don't stay in this space long enough. We need to stay in that uncomfortable space. We need to accept that this is part of change, that you're here because you don't want what's behind you or you don't want your current situation. So you've stepped into the space of change. You stay any kind of on an edge of something new. And you are trying to figure out what the future brings and you're trying to like solidify everything so there's no unknowns, nothing can go wrong. But that's not reality, that's not life. And let's face it, things weren't exactly perfect or aren't exactly perfect where you are, right? So we don't spend enough time in the space, the limbo, the in-between to see where the set of stairs is to take us to the next place. Or even if there is a set of stairs, if there is a safety net, maybe there's somebody standing there with their hand out saying, hey, I have a great opportunity for you. I'd love for you to come over here and try that. Or, hey, I have exactly the right thing to help you make this decision in a way that's going to work for you so it doesn't feel so scary. Or the support network that's around you that's there to catch you if you fall. Because we do fall sometimes. It's part of life. But falling teaches us who's there to pick us up. And it takes us to a whole new place. When we fall or fail, right? That's when we have to kind of dust off, stand back up and go, okay, well, that didn't work. Now I know that. What can I learn? And now where do I go? But now you know something, you are willing to do scary shit, right? Okay, so here you are in this space. And the only thing you have here, because there are no instructions, all you have in this space is faith. Faith in yourself, in those who believe in you, and the possibility of what is ahead of you. So what if you just stay in this space a little longer? You stand on that edge a little bit longer, then what? What if you allowed yourself to be uncomfortable and to choose what's harder and more challenging only because it's new? What if you chose to believe in yourself? What would you do? What would you not do? What could you be? Who could you be? Who could be in your life and who would be out of it? I tell my clients all the time, fear, it's only an emotion. It is our brain's response to a situation that feels dangerous simply because it's new and the path is unknown. The path forward, the path out of the space, it's unknown. It's a word we use to describe our emotional reaction to something that seems, and I put that in big air quotes over here, that seems dangerous. But the word fear is used in another way as well. It's 
used to name something a person feels afraid of. People fear things and situations that make them feel unsafe or unsure. So if you're in this limbo place, if you're in that space that I was talking about and you're feeling unsafe or unsure, could it just be that it's the unknown? Could it be that the really unsafe part is just simply that you don't know the answer or you don't know the outcome or you don't know what's going to happen next? Does that mean that you're unsafe? Or are you only feeling unsafe because you don't know? You can hear the difference, right? The distinction there. And that's a really important distinction because if you then can realize, wait a second, I am feeling fearful because it feels scary to be heading towards something I don't know for sure what is. Okay, that we can manage, right? So as long as you know there's not a boogeyman at the door, right? Then the fear is only an emotion It is not real. You are not in danger. So let's talk a little bit more about how to manage the fear, how to manage the what ifs, um, because that's really what it comes down to is all the what ifs that you say to yourself. So one of the things that I often suggest to my clients when they start going through them is to write them down, like write on the what ifs, the worries, right? So for example, um, if they express to me that they have a real fear of dating, why? Well, what if I get hurt? What if this person leaves me? What if they ghost me? What if this person's abusive? What if I don't detect that they're just love bombing me and it's really a narcissist? What if I don't see the red flags? Like, what if, what if, what if? Write them all down. So you can look at them on paper and I'm gonna tell you a little later what we're gonna do about that, okay? You might have fear of leaving a very, you know, a dysfunctional, maybe abusive, a marriage that isn't working for you anymore. You might feel fearful of putting yourself on top of the list and saying, yes, it's my turn to be happy. Why? What could happen? You know, what if I'm not happier? What if I realize I made a mistake? What if, what if, what if, right? Fear. Fear of finances. You know where I'm going with this, right? So the fears are many and the what ifs are, there's dozens attached to each fear. One of the biggest things that eliminates fear is knowledge and information. Because if you can, for example, let's say your fear is of finances, right? So what I often say, again, if I can pull up the divorce scenario, is go and speak to a lawyer, speak to a financial advisor, speak to your accountant, go through your finances, get an understanding of them, know what the law entitles you to, so that you know, you might be thinking, oh my God, I'm gonna be homeless. And I hear this from women, but that's not the truth. And I always ask them the same thing. Are you almost homeless now? No, well then you're not going to end up homeless. So anyway, so that's, that's sort of that fear taken off their plate, but it's just learn as much as you can so that you can eliminate your what ifs, all right? So I really think a lot of this, a lot of fear comes down to fear of failing. We have a fear of looking bad in front of other people, in front of our family, in front of our partners, in front of our children, in front of society in general. You know, we we worry about making mistakes. And if the only person you ever had to consider when you think about what if this is a mistake? What if I shouldn't be doing this? What if I'm doing the wrong thing? But nobody else would ever know that you did it. Nobody else would ever know Do you think you'd hesitate as much? I don't think so. I know I wouldn't. We can't help it. We like to go through life and say, oh, I don't care what other people think. I do my own thing. I run my own show around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you do. But 
You do care what other people think. There are people in your life and in your world who matter to you and you don't want to disappoint them and you don't want to let them down. And so you you do factor those things in. But there are times when we're making decisions for ourselves where we really need to focus on what we need. And then we can make it fit for everybody else later in a way you know, that works for everyone. And if it doesn't, well, maybe that's a sign that some people can't really, don't fit in your life anymore, right? Anyway, knowledge eliminates fear in many ways. Also faith in yourself and hey, a willingness to try and fail and try again and fail and try again. You know, you talk to anyone who is incredibly successful in life by those typical markers like success in business, money, you know, those kinds of things, they will all tell you that they have failed so many times. And it happens to elite athletes. Look at them as well. You think that they just woke up one day and they could just run, you know, an 800 meter without thinking about it and worrying about failing? No, they have been injured. They have messed up. They have you know, uh, had horrible races, they have missed half a season, they have all kinds of things have happened to them, but they keep trying. Anyone who stands on the start line of a major athletic event has failed probably more often than they haven't, but they're still willing to try again, they still have faith in themselves, and they're just not going to stop getting up. What can we do to get rid of this fear or to deal with the fear? I don't know if we can really get rid of it, but how can we look at the fear we're feeling in the particular scenario that you're experiencing it and say to ourselves, that's just fear. Elizabeth said that's just an emotion and it's not real, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm still struggling. What more can I do, Elizabeth? Because telling myself that isn't enough, right? I wish it was. There are a few things that I'd like to go through with you. So first of all, you've now written down all the what ifs, all the worst case scenarios. So take a look at them. And I want you to grab a pen and first off, scratch out the ones that are just kind of silly. Like you're just being afraid of stuff that even you know, it's not going to happen, right? And then maybe you're left with two or three. I want you to work out the worst case scenarios. So let's say that you have decided to leave your marriage. But one of the things that you're really afraid of is hurting your ex or soon to be ex, your partner and your children. You are afraid of how they are going to react to it. So that is your worst case scenario, that they are very hurt. What can you do to help with that? So when it comes to how much somebody else is hurt, it ultimately, there's very little you can do about it. So you could say something to yourself like, I am going to choose to be respectful and kind in how I deal with my partner. I am going to help them understand and do what I can you know, to make this as easy as possible. However, I'm also going to honor my own integrity, my own personal mental and emotional health and well-being as I do so. So that's how I'm going to deal with that, right? I mean, what more can you possibly do? The only other option is to stay, to let fear win, and you stay and you are in effect saying that their potential unhappiness is more important than your current unhappiness that it's okay for you to stay unhappy for who knows how many more years, just so that you don't potentially upset them. Maybe the other thing to consider here is that are you really doing them any favors by staying when you don't want to be there? Is that really the best case scenario for that person? It sounds like a bit of a worst case scenario for you and for them, if you ask me. 
Another one that I hear a lot is a fear of finances. How will I support myself? How will I support my children? And that's a tough one because as you're in the process of separating, finances can get very kind of up in the air and in limbo. Um, so what do I tell my clients? Well, what are some options you have? Can you go live with family for a bit? Is there somebody who can lend you some money just until things get sorted? Have you even spoken to your partner about helping you out? You know, there are many scenarios. Maybe you can get a job. Maybe there are some things that you can sell. Maybe staying in the home isn't what's the most important. Maybe it's better to sell and get yourself into a situation that you can actually afford and enjoy life at the same time. That's some of the ways that you can work through the finances. Go and see an accountant. Learn what it is that the reality is. Go and find out what you'll actually have available to you. Go and find out what the law will offer you. Okay, now I know the numbers. Oh, look at that. It's not as bad as I thought, right? So these are some of the things. This is this is why it's beneficial to work through the what ifs and all the worst case scenarios. So that is one of the things that I want you to do. The next one, the really big one when it comes to fear and fear of failing and fear of everything turning to shit when you do whatever it is that you want to do. And that's our internal limiting beliefs. And honestly, if we didn't have those live and well and thriving and bouncing around inside us, you probably wouldn't be that fearful right now anyway. So I want to ask yourself two things at first, okay? Limiting beliefs. So first of all, write them down. What is it that you believe about this scenario? Limiting beliefs may be, you know, grass is always greener, so who's to say I'm going to be any happier if I leave my marriage? Or, you know, every woman who gets divorced ends up destitute financially. I don't know. Those might, might be some of your beliefs. Maybe another belief is, you know, maybe this is all my fault. Maybe it's my fault that I'm not happy and I just need to try a little harder. Maybe it isn't so bad. Um, I'm not that smart, so I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. I should probably just stay. Like there could be any number of limiting beliefs. Will I be alone forever? You know, maybe I'm just not that lovable. People don't really like me. Any of those kinds of awful things that we say to ourselves, we all kind of do that. Make a list of them. Now I want you to go through your list and write down beside them whether those limiting beliefs came from you or someone else. Is this something that someone has told you or something that, you know, maybe your parents taught you or money doesn't grow on trees, right? We've all heard that one. Money doesn't grow on trees. You can't think it comes from anywhere. You got to work hard if you want to do well in this world. Like these are kinds of limiting beliefs that we can't do well unless we're absolutely slogging it. You know, there's no way you're going to be, you know, financially off, you know, well off because money doesn't grow on trees. Where do the beliefs come from? So just write next to each one of them, mine or someone else's right? Okay, now you're going to go back to your list and you're going to scratch out the ones that belong to someone else because they're not yours. Why are you carrying around someone else's negative, limiting, very limiting belief and allowing it to be your limiting belief? It's not yours, right? So just scratch them off the list and just say, I'm done with those. This is not mine. This belongs to someone else. And unfortunately, I carried it for a while, but I'm done now. I'm going to stuff it into a bag and I'm going to throw them out. Done with that, right? It's like it's like when you go and visit an old aunt or someone and they say to you, oh, I have this mug sitting over here that my neighbor's sister's aunt gave to me when I was 20 and I want to give it to you now. And you look at it and you think it's the ugliest thing in the world, but you say, okay, thank you. That is lovely. And then you never throw it out because you feel so bad because somebody gave it to you. But let's remember that that person gave it to you because they didn't want it anymore. If it meant the world to them, they wouldn't have given it to you. You're now left with a list 
of your own limiting beliefs. So here is my question for you. Are they true? You look at each belief and you ask yourself, is this true? Whatever it is, is this true? And if you say to yourself, yes, it is. And if I was sitting there with you, I want you to imagine me saying to you right now, prove it to me. Prove to me that whatever that limiting belief is, is true. That there's no way this will go well. It's going to go the way the limiting belief says. Just prove it to me. Write it out. Send it to me in an email or in a message. You'll find me. I'm not hard to find. Send me your limiting belief and say, you know what, Elizabeth, I found out that my limiting belief is actually true. And this is why I'm proving it to you here. I am 99.99999% sure that I will be able to disprove you. So ask yourself if they're true. And I think you're going to find as well that they're actually not. You cannot prove that this is how it's going to go. It's a fear. It's a limiting belief. You think it's going to go that way. You think this is the truth. But when you look at it and you have to prove it, you're like, maybe that isn't true. Maybe it's just something that I believe. I do believe it but it might not be based in fact, in which case I want it scratched off your list and I want you to reword it because these are your beliefs. So let's say you have a belief that um, the reason your marriage is in trouble is because of you not being fun. I'm just making something up here. Okay, so you're not fun and so your partner doesn't enjoy your company anymore. And that's one of your limiting beliefs. Like, I don't know if I should leave. You know, I'm not a fun person. Nobody else is going to want to be around me. This is probably the best I can do. That could be, those could be actually several limiting beliefs there. But so you take those. I'm not fun. This is the best I can do. Those are two limiting beliefs right there. What if leaving lets you be more open to fun experiences? What if the reason you're not fun is because you're always kind of mildly depressed being with someone who's unkind and unloving towards you and disrespectful and you can enjoy life and thrive and have incredible experiences and travel and meet new people and find love again even if you are one of those people who's a little bit more serious and just you know not the funniest person in the room do you see how this works so I want you to go through your limiting beliefs and I want you to work through them like that We tend to have fear because we don't have faith in ourselves. So we need to fix that. Often the lack of faith comes from past failings. Things that have happened in your past that didn't work. Things where you made a mistake or you chose something that didn't work out. Or maybe things did work out for a while and then they didn't, like a business venture or something like that. And maybe, and here this is where these things can cross over. People are telling you, oh, everything you try turns to shit. Or there you go, trying some other haphazard thing that's not going to work. And so you blame it all on yourself. When we allow others to tell us what we're worthy of and what we can do and what we can't do, Well, that is a slippery slope and we very quickly lose faith in ourselves. So if you want to overcome fear in your life, if you want to be the person who can stand in that space I talked about earlier, if you can stand in that space a little longer, long enough to see the opportunity, to see the beautiful door that's in front of you that you can walk through, to have that chance to go and do something better, bigger, more beautiful, more loving, well, you got to believe in yourself. You have to restore your faith in yourself. So one of the ways you can do that 
is start thinking about all the times you have overcome fear, all the times you have overcome challenges and done something really great, all the times that you have done scary stuff when you didn't know how it was going to turn out, like when you chose to have children, if you did, when you bought a house, you took a job, you went on a trip on a whim, Um, maybe you chose to travel alone, Maybe you have done some public speaking or teaching. Maybe you've started a podcast speaking for myself. Um, But, you know, what have you done that was kind of really scary for a long time? And then you just went ahead and did it. And it really wasn't so bad after all. You just went ahead and did it and it was okay. Maybe the scariest thing for you is to get on an airplane. But you do it. And every time you do, you overcome your fear. Maybe you have to take a pill to make that easier for you. That's okay. You know how to overcome your fear and go ahead anyway, because you don't want to miss the opportunity to travel. See how brave you are. See how incredibly courageous you are. You do step forward. You do find the staircase. You do break through fear. So don't stop now. This is the time to take action, to start moving forward and spending time first in that space and looking for that staircase, for that helping hand, for that um, book, for that course, for that coach, for that opportunity to move forward. It could be that you move forward because you get a helping hand, because you need to learn something, because suddenly this incredible opportunity is presented to you. How are some of the ways that you can maximize on this or how you can kind of step forward and take that action because you are just about to get pulled back? Well, one of the best ways is to, for example, listen to podcasts like this, to hire a coach to help you move forward, to take courses, read books, to welcome new opportunities and new learning that helps you get the tools so that you can, you know, kind of start to see how this goes forward and know that you don't have to know the whole path. You know, let's say you've decided that you're going to start a new business. You don't have to have the entire business plan in place, every step you're going to take. You know, I know for myself, when someone says to me, you know, write down your business plan and your five-year goal and your 10-year goal, oh my God, this fear set in. I have no idea. I don't even know what I want my business to look like in 10 years. I start thinking things like, oh, I should be saying this and I should be wanting it to be like $10 million and... And then I just get totally freaked out because I have no idea how to achieve that. And I just walk away from it all. (laughs) And I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but that's where I end up. So I don't want that to happen to you. I really, I know for myself, I've had so much more success in every aspect of my life when I choose to just take one step at a time to just ask myself in every moment, what do I need to do right now to get a little bit closer? What do I need to do right now to feel a little less fear? How can I overcome my limiting beliefs or just one of them today? What can I do to work on this right now? Start small. Every step counts. Every step gets you closer. And then suddenly that like double door of opportunity opens up and it's like, whoa, lights and people. And it's like, hey, you come over here. We have this amazing opportunity for you to be happy, to be fulfilled, to live your best life, to create your future, to invite love and friendship into your life again. Wouldn't you want that? Don't you want to be ready for it? 
Well, get ready for it. Okay, get ready for it because I know it is available to you. You are worthy of it. You are special. You are deserving. You are so brave. So stand there a little bit longer and allow this to come to you and take little baby steps forward to welcome it, to say, okay, I'm ready. I'm kind of covering my eyes, but I'm ready to receive the opportunities. You know, one of the places that I see this fear is when it comes to my clients, when they're deciding whether or not to hire me as a coach or take one of my courses. And I love being able to offer them, of course, the free option. But money is such a huge fear. They're afraid of the money that they have to spend. They're afraid of the time that they have to spend on it. And they're afraid they're going to be overwhelmed and not succeed, right? And I understand all of those things because I've been in all of those places. But they're asking the wrong questions. They're asking themselves, again, they're feeding into their limiting beliefs. What if I can't afford it? What if I don't find the time? And what if I'm just not worthy of this experience, right? What if they were to ask differently and say, I really want my life to change and I want to feel better and happier and more fulfilled every single day. I want to embrace love and opportunity into my life. I believe in myself. I believe I can have that and I believe I'm worthy of that. And I know that what I'm going to learn over here is is the thing that's going to get me there or at least going to get me closer or maybe this is my first step. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. It's going to be my first step. And I want you to know this, that every time you take a scary step, you are stretching. You're stretching yourself into the unknown. And that's where the opportunities lie. Can I guarantee you success every time? No, I can't. I wish I could. But I can guarantee you, you will be incredibly proud of yourself for trying because you are braver than most. Most people never try. So you're so brave for trying. I can also guarantee you that you will learn something. When something doesn't work, you will learn something along the way. And I want you to know that the journey is the sweetest one of all, because when I went through my journey of self-discovery and I chose coaches and I chose courses and books and all those things that I did along the way, and I bumped fear out of the way because I wanted to feel better. Oh my God, let me tell you what a beautiful journey that was to get to know myself, to trust myself, to have faith in myself and to believe in myself. Wow. It's a pretty amazing feeling, and I want you to feel that too. So I hope you're ready to jump on a brand new journey with me, with each other, with everyone who's listening here. You're not alone. You are not doing this alone. And there are several ways that you can do this with others if you want. So I want to say a huge welcome to my course portal. It's brand new. I just launched it this week. Um, It was a last minute thing. You want to talk about fear? I decided a week ago, not only am I going to run my first ever Black Friday sale, but I'm also going to create five, no, sorry, seven new courses. And one of them I'm collaborating with someone else. Oh my God, what an undertaking. I have been so busy, but so excited. I could have let fear stop me. I could have gone, there is, there's not enough time. I can't possibly do that. But you know what? I know this is what you need. And I know this is what I want to give you. And I was like, I don't have a choice not to do it. And I'm excited. I am excited. I bet you can hear it in my voice. So have I found the time to do it? I have. You know, I'm just I'm just running with it. I am not allowing myself to live in the, you know, all the fear places that I could go to, all the limiting beliefs that I could that I could tap into, because they exist. They float around. I just blow them away, flip them the bird, and I just run with it. 
and I want to invite you to come with me. Okay, so I'm going to share my course portal below. And yes, Black Friday deal seems really weird in this space, but I'm doing it. Um, and the sales are going to be really huge because I see you going on the shopping bonanza for yourself. Literally filling your virtual bags with everything, all the tools that you need to literally like launch yourself into space, the space of creating your amazing life. You are about to do something fabulous and we're going to do it together. I can't wait. Check it out below. I will see you possibly even next week because that's when the first course starts. Oh my God. Anyway, okay. I should probably go and get ready for that now. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in again. Thank you for being here for yourself. I am so grateful for you, for all of you. I just want to ask you one more thing. Would you please hit some stars and leave me a review? I would love to know what you think, what you like, what you don't like, so I can keep making this better for you and keep providing you with the kind of content that you want. So thanks again for being here. I will see you next week. And until then, have the most beautiful day.